0: Good morning, Durwood. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Jeff Osborne. uh, I have the privilege of serving as a deacon here uh, at Durwood. And um, since Colin was away, he asked me if I could uh, preach today. The last time I was up here uh, was before the pandemic started. And uh, for those of you who remember, I preached on the fear of the Lord um, and uh, maybe it was providence that uh, I wasn't able to do the second half of that uh, 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 study that I did because when I studied the fear of the Lord, you can't do that without looking into the book of Job because Job, by definition, by God's uh, statement, feared him, feared the Lord, and uh, but bad things happened to him. So um it's with great pleasure this morning that I can bring that second part and as I said it may be God's providence because as we all know these last couple of years have been really really uh cataclysmic uh, a lot of things a lot of bad things going on and so I'm hoping that I can um bring some insight into the book of Job and encourage you folks today for of uh, um from lessons I've learned from Job, um, <clears throat> I decided to do an in-depth in look on, uh, at Job uh, again, following my fear of the Lord uh, study, and this was about 2006. And what I did was I didn't try to like do a lot, you know, do a theological kind of uh, study of it. It was really just praying to God every day and saying, God, open my eyes to what you have in Job, and just reading through it, and reading very slowly. And as you'll see, there are a lot of questions in Job. And it's easy, as we're reading through that, just to gloss over those questions. But my challenge to you is, is go through the book of Job, look through it, study it. When you come across some of these questions, ask yourself some of those questions. And we'll do that a little bit this morning, but there are so many questions <clears throat> In Job, A lot of them are rhetorical, so you know what the answer is. But the, it's not the answer up here that counts. It's the answer in here. You have to really nail it. Today I want to share with you some of the most important things that I learned in the study and hopes that you'll be blessed and encouraged. I'll apologize in advance if I come across too harsh or unsympathetic. That's not my intention. However, I am passionate about this book. And love the unique concepts and passages that are in it. Uh, This is just, it's my favorite book of the Bible. And it, it just is oozing with truth and with God's sovereignty. I'll start with a quick overview of the book. Present some interesting things to consider. Go through some critical questions and profound statements made throughout the book make some observations, highlight some key takeaways from God's sovereignty and Job's example, and finally provide some lot, lot, some applications for life, all in 45 minutes. As my son Jared said when I told him i be preaching on Job today, he said, uh, how much time you got? And I said, 45 minutes. He says, that's about a chapter a minute. I said, yeah. So here we go. Get your Bibles ready. And uh, fasten your seatbelts. Okay. The title, When God's People Go Through Hard Times. I'm focusing primarily on God's people, not people in general, um, the, but people of the kingdom. And what happens when they go through hard times. So, uh, let's go to the first one. Scene one. Uh, Job is living a righteous life and is prosperous. Uh, everything seems to be going great. No issues. And then there's some heavenly discussions that go on. And I'm going to read starting in verse 6 of chapter 1. One day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? First question, Job. Where have you come from? Did God not know where... Satan had come from was God like at, asking for information? No, we know that's not the case. God knew exactly where he came from. Satan answered the Lord, "From roaming through the earth and going back and forth in it." Then the Lord said to Satan, "Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil." Does God does Job fear God for nothing?" Satan replied, Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? Now Satan's asking God a question. Have you not put a hedge around him? Absolutely God put a hedge around him. In God's word, in Psalm 34, verse 7, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Job feared God. God put a hedge around him. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. Okay, now, is God in a predicament here? Is he thinking, oh, man, who? maybe, is that going to happen? Of course not, I'm being silly. God knew exactly what was going to happen. God had it all planned out. The Lord said to Satan, "Very well, then, everything he has is in your hands, but on the man himself, do not lay a finger." Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. So then, what happens is there's a whole lot of bad things that happen to him. He loses his, uh, loses a lot of his possessions. He loses his children. Um, he doesn't lose his wife. <laughs> we'll see that in a minute. Uh, we're, uh, I'll, I'll get to that later. So his reaction is in verse, um, in verse 20. At this point, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship. He fell to the ground in worship. Right there, he's a better man than I am. I, I don't think that would be my first reaction. Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Amen. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God of wrongdoing. We'll see that's kind of a key that will come in a little bit later. Okay, so that's Job's reaction. Um, so, scene two. Okay, there's more heavenly discussions. Uh, more blessings are going to be removed, and then Job reacts. Um, Starting in verse, uh, verse 1, chapter 2. On another day, the angels came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came with them to present himself before him. And the Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Did God not know where Satan came from? Everybody? That, right. Satan answered the Lord from roaming through the earth and going back and forth in it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one like him. He's blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. And he still maintains his integrity, though you incited me against him to ruin him without any reason. Ooh, stop there. Does God do anything without any reason? I think not. I think he's toying with Satan. I think he's, he's putting it right in Satan's face. Skin for skin, Satan replied, a man will give all he has for his own life, but stretch out, his, stretch out your hand and strike his flesh and bones, and he will surely curse you to your face. Again, I, I don't think God's thinking, uh-oh, maybe this time Job's going you know, to fall. God knew exactly what was going to happen. The Lord said to Satan, very well then, he is in your hands, but you must spare his life. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and afflicted Job with painful sores from the soles of his feet to the top of his head. Then Job took a piece of broken pottery and scraped himself with it as he sat among the ashes. Talk about being down in the dumps. Job was in the dumps, basically sitting in the ashes, broken potsherds, and he was scratching himself with that. His wife said to him, Oh, honey, everything will be okay, sweetheart. No. His wife said to him, Are you still holding on to your integrity? Curse God and die. Now, this is the first lesson for those of you who are uh, trying to comfort somebody who's going through a hard time. Uh, Don't don't do what Job's wife did. (laughs) Please. But here's Job's reply. He replied, you are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? Man, again, he, he what a perspective Job had. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? In all this, Job did not sin in what he said. Then what happens is these three friends come along. When Job's three friends, Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Neamathite, Heard about all the troubles that had come, uh, upon him. They set out from their homes and met together by agreement to go sympathize with him and comfort him. That's a good lesson to learn. Uh, if you have friends or, or family members that are going through hard times, reach out to them, especially if they're in isolation. Go visit them and, uh, and comfort them. But we'll find out that Job's friends, they were, they, spent about a week with Job in silence and um and that was the best thing they could have done. They stayed nice and quiet and they kind of just let Job think through things in his head. So uh unfortunately when they started to speak is when everything went downhill for, for Job. Okay. So what happens? In scene three, Job pours out his lamentations, okay? This is a good thing, right? Uh, grieving, the grieving process. You need to you need to pour out your heart to the Lord. David did that, right? That's not the sin. If you go, if you know I, I cheated, right? I went to the end of the book and I said, "What did God call out Job for?" And I want to make I want to see where in Job you know things kind of fell apart because you know God did have to um, have to deal with Job and some of the things he said. So. What was it? Was it the fact that he was lamenting? No. Lamentations is good. That's not sinning. So what happens then? For 35 chapters, Job's friends and Elihu, Elihu accused him of sinning and not admitting it and repenting. They basically said, look, Job, if things are going bad with you, it must be that you're a sinner and you need to repent. Okay? And just over and over again. One of, the, one of his friends would talk, Job would respond. Another friend would talk, Job would respond. The other friend would talk, and it just chapter after chapter after chapter. I'm going to highlight some of the questions and some of the statements made by, by them, but thank God I'm not going to go through those 35 chapters. For the most part, Job maintains his innocence and seeks an audience with God to argue his case. Okay? That's that's kind of a typical thing we do like god why are you doing this i think i know better i i think that what's going on here uh either you're out of control or you're in control but you're you're you know it you're doing me wrong and the other thing is job throughout this whole time his focus is he believes that god is doing these things to him not satan right we know that Satan is the one that's attacking him, that's making these things uh, happen to Job. God is actually not attacking Job; God is protecting him, and we'll see that in a minute. But unfortunately, Job gets worn down by his friends and finally accuses God of wrongdoing. Uh, and I, I think, see. So, so what I was when I was going through it, I was kind of looking where where did Job, where do I think Job kind of went off the rails? And he sort of gets a little bit close to the rails a couple times. But I think um, if, I, if I had to like pick a section of where, where, where finally, he finally went off the rails, it's in Job 19. So let me read that, starting verse 1. Then Job replied, how long will you torment me and crush me with words? Ten times now. You have reproached me. Shameless, shamelessly, you attack me. He's talking, about his, uh, he's, he's talking about his friends here, by the way. He's not talking about God at this point. If it is true that I have gone astray, my error remains my concern alone. If indeed you would exalt yourselves above me and use my humiliation against me, then know that God has wronged me and drawn his net around me. Though I cry, I've been wronged, I get no response. Why well, didn't... Job get a response because because uh, God hadn't wronged him. Does God? Uh, well, we'll get to that. And drawing his net, uh, though I've cried, I've been wrong. I get no response. Though I call for help, there is no justice. Okay, so again, so J- so Job actually at this point is saying, "All right, um, I'm self righteous. Uh, you know, it's got to be God that is." Um, Uh, Wrong in this situation. I'm right, God's wrong. So, scene four. Storm comes and God speaks to Job out of the whirlwind. A couple things. One is it's interesting if you go back when you read this, before he hits chapter 38, Elihu is speaking. Elihu is the last person that gives a monologue. And as you look at the last few, the last chapter of that, you can, uh, Elihu starts talking about weather. He's talking about, you know, rain and storms and thunder and lightning. And I can just imagine they're all, you know, you got these, these, uh, five guys now, three friends plus Elihu plus Job sitting around. And I I can imagine them just looking in the distance and they're seeing this storm coming. And Elihu is using some of the, some of the things, analogies of a storm to kind of end, end his, uh, dissertation. And then, um, then God speaks to, to Job out of the storm. And again, this is one of my all-time favorite passages in God's Word. Um, it's a, I think it's a great place to go when, it's a great place to go when, I, when I'm going through hard times. But it's also a great place to go just to get refreshed of how powerful God is and how sovereign he is and how he just puts things together. So in verse 38, uh, or sorry, chapter 38, verse 1, then the Lord answered Job out of the storm. He said, oh, Job, let me tell you what happened here. You know, this was a really, uh, I wasn't sure. Satan came and, and, uh, you know, we had this discussion and I hate to do this to you, Job, but no. He didn't explain to Job what was going on. Who is this that darkens my counsel with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundations? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? I love what Jeff read this morning out of Isaiah. Because Isaiah chapter 40 hits that nail right on the head. Who's Who can be God's counselor? On what footings were uh, on what were its footings set or who laid its cornerstone while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy and God just goes on and on question after question after question four chapters 71 questions what I what I didn't what I didn't do but maybe I'll do someday is go back and see how many questions Job asked God (laughs) during the 30 you know the 35 chapters because God asked Job 71 questions in that discourse. In the middle of God's questions and at the end of it, Job responds. Okay? So what's Job going to respond? God, I'm fine. I'm glad you're finally here. Uh we we need to talk. Let me tell you what's wrong with this whole situation. Uh you know, I'm going to argue my case to you. Uh of course. I'm being silly again. Chapter 40 verse 1 through 8. The Lord said to Job, "Will the one who confronts the, the with the uh, con, sorry, will the one who contends with the Almighty correct him? You going to correct me? Let him who accuses God answer him." Then Job answered the Lord, "I am unworthy. How can I reply to you? I put my hand over my mouth. I, I bet. I bet Job did that. I bet he just went slapped his hand over his mouth." Um. I spoke once, but I have no answer. Twice, but I will say no more. And then God asked him a bunch more questions. And then in chapter 42, verse 1 to, uh, one through 6, Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things. Okay, all those questions that that God was asking Job to answer, and of course there's, there's no way that Job could answer any of those, um, just was proving to to Job that God knows all things, and he's in control of all things, and he's sovereign. No plan of yours can be thwarted. You asked, who is this that obscures my counsel without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. You said, listen now, and I will speak. I will question you, and you shall answer me. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. Again, amazing to think about all that he had went through. And he still was at the point of being contrite and asking, basically asking God forgiveness for saying that God was wrong and he was right. So God deals with Job's three friends then, and then God blesses Job doubly after that. All right, so let's look at what's, what's going on here. Did God somehow leave Job? No. What was happening was God puts these rings of protection around us, around those who fear him. Okay? Uh, I, I believe that God's word is true. In Psalm 34, as I said before, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. So we have protections around us that are fearing him. Sometimes those go away, right? But does God go away? No. God is still there protecting us. And even after, that was after scene one. After scene two, his health even goes away. But God said, you have to spare his life. You will, I will not let you to t- touch uh, Job's life. So this is what's going on. But notice, there's still a ring around Job. The, the angel of the Lord is still encamping around him, okay? He hasn't lost his life. Okay, so what's going on from, uh, from the perspective of the uh, uh, Job's friends? They're the, kind of the, your, your father's religion is, you know, you, if you are righteous, you'll be blessed. If you're unrighteous, you'll be cursed, Okay. Basically, God works in those two boxes, and uh so if you're if you're in that lower box, if something is bad is happening to you uh uh you must be unrighteous you know you, you must be you must have sin, there must be something wrong, but by doing that, you put God in a box okay uh, excuse the pun God doesn't work that way all the time sometimes you have people that look like they are prospering. Being blessed and they're unrighteous. That does seem to happen sometimes. And in God's Word, you'll, I'll, I'll give you a, a verse that, that talks about that. The other thing is sometimes the righteous suffer. Okay? Uh, sometimes it's for. For God's glory a lot a lot of times it's for God's glory and it it turns out I was going through my quiet time this week uh and uh came upon John chapter 9 and uh if anybody remembers John chapter 9 it's the uh the man who was born blind as a uh you know was born blind and then, um, his, the, uh, Jesus' disciples come up to Jesus and say, Who sinned here? Was it his parents who sinned or was it he who sinned because he's born blind? So even his disciples were, were in those two boxes, right? And they, 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 they thought, it's gotta be, there's gotta be something wrong with this guy why he was born blind. And what was Jesus' answer? Jesus said, It was neither his parents or him that sinned. He was born blind to give glory to God, and it went on. And I love that's another chapter I really like chap, uh, because because the the Pharisees don't understand. They're like, "No, you you know you must have been d- d- deep in your sin because you were blind at birth." Um, and he he's like, God, uh, "Jesus explained, no, it wasn't uh, it wasn't that." So. Uh, God can work in any four of those boxes. All right. That's the first thing we got to kind of understand. Uh, and, and if, if you do find yourself in that far column, uh, it, it's, it's not necessarily that, uh, you're unrighteous. It, it may be that there, God wants to get his attention, get, get, your attention. Um, cause God does that sometimes. And I, I truly know that, uh, God's had to get my attention sometimes through, um, trials. But Ecclesiastes eight, twelve through fourteen. Although the wicked man commits a hundred crimes and still lives a long time, right on that lower left-hand box, I know that it will go better with God-fearing men who are reverent before God. Yet, because the wicked do not fear God, it will not go well with them, and their days will not lengthen like a shadow. There is something else meaningless that occurs on earth. Righteous men who get what wicked deserve and wicked men who get what righteous deserve. This too, I say, is meaningless. Now, you've got to interpret that meaningless as as being more like incomprehensible. It's kind of like, I don't understand the meaning of that. Well, that's fine. Job didn't understand the meaning of that either. Okay. Sometimes what God does is incomprehensible to us But we can't then draw the conclusion that God does not have a plan for that. If we do, then God's sovereignty goes out the window and we're in a lot worse shape than we were uh, not thinking that. Psalm 37, verse 35 through 38, I have seen a wicked and ruthless man flourishing like a green tree in its native soil. Ruthless, wicked man flourishing. But he soon passed away and was no more. Though I looked for him, he could not be found. Consider the blameless. That's Job. Observe the upright. There is a future for the man of peace. But all sinners will be destroyed. The future of the wicked will be cut off. So this tells me uh, that we really need, when we're going through times like this, to really take an eternal perspective. And again, I don't want to minimize that when we're going through hard times, our focus tends to be right on what's going on right now. And we got to pick up our heads, pick up our eyes, and look and um, get an eternal perspective. So as I said, questions permeate Job. Everybody's asking questions to everybody else. And um, again, I'll repeat because I think it's very, very important. When you're going through Job, read those questions, answer those questions, But as soon as you answer them, put a stake in the ground as to, all right, that's the answer, and I'm not going to waver from that. Okay, so we already saw this, chapter 2, verse 10. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? We, We have to accept both from God, good and trouble, knowing that God has a plan, knowing that God is sovereign. Can a mortal be more righteous than God? Can a man be more pure than his maker? Great question. Can any mortal be more righteous than God? So that's a rhetorical question. No, we can't be. Okay, so what's our first tendency when we're going through stuff? God, why are you doing this? You know, I, let me tell you a better way to work all this stuff out. Right? Very easy to do. Very easy to do. But you got to go back to Job. Can a mortal be more righteous than God? Can a man be more pure than his maker? You will never look, uh, will you never look away from me or let me alone, even for an instant? This now, it, Job is starting to, to, to get off the rails here a little bit too. Because again, he was thinking that God was, was perpetrating what was going on in his life. God was allowing Satan to attack him, but Satan was the one doing the attacking. So, if God answered that prayer, leave me alone, that last ring would go. If God said, you know what, I'm going to answer Job's prayer and I'm going to leave him alone. he, At that point, Job would have lost everything, in my humble opinion. So, again, we got to be very careful about what, we're, what we pray for when we're praying during these times we don 't want God to leave us alone. we don't want to run away from God. We want to run towards God. Does God pervert justice that's a good one. Does the Almighty pervert what what is right? okay This is basically saying is it does you know is God like um you know uh, is justice for some people is different from his justice for other people and some people he uh, you know he he doesn't have any justice at all, no, God does not pervert justice. he justice is the same for everyone. But how can a mortal be righteous before God? Oh, here's a good one now by the way i didn't I didn't really explain, but they don't know exactly when Job was written. Uh, we believe based on the some of the the uh, the references and the sightings, especially the people in there that it was sometime during the patriarchs. Um, either like the time of Abraham, maybe it was a little bit farther down. You know, some maybe during the exile uh, in Egypt. Um, uh, so the, it, it, but it's, it's definitely in that kind of time period. Um, and here's Job basically saying a very um, bold statement or question about about Christianity, right? How can a mortal... Be, be righteous before God. We all know now based on history and based on looking back. That the only way that we can be righteous before God is through Jesus Christ. And we get to celebrate his death and resurrection. But even more his resurrection. Uh, this coming week and next Sunday. Okay more questions. Who can say to him what are you doing? Yeah, well, hit that point a couple times. Does it please you to oppress me, to spurn the work of your hands while you smile on the schemes of the wicked? Of course not. God doesn't get some pleasure out of seeing us go through hard times. He doesn't get pleasure about his son dying on the cross. He knew it had to be done. He did it for our good. He did it, and and he does those things for our good, not not for his, you know, uh pleasure can you fathom the mysteries of god can you probe the limits of the almighty okay here's in chapter 11 he's starting to think about what's going to happen now in the in in the end um, you know he's 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 going through things in his mind and um can can uh, you know what are the limits of the almighty can you probe those limits uh does he have any limits and God will address that um, in the in uh His questions at the end of Job. They are higher than the heavens, what can you do? They are deeper than the depths of the grave, what can you know? Um I I went over I didn't I didn't actually give the verse, but I, I flashed up there Isaiah fifty five was one of the references, and that's you know, God's ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts higher than our thoughts. Uh, in chapter 11:11 11, 11. when he sees evil does he not take note of course of course he does chapter 13 would it turn out well if he examined you i think this is i think this is a question that his friends are asking job could you deceive him as you might deceive a man would not his splendor terrify you yeah it actually did in the end, would not the dread of him fall on you? Okay, I, I put this in here again. I didn't put every single question in here. I kind of hit the highlights like a stone skipping across the, the lake. If you throw up, you know, doing skipping stones like I used to love doing when I was a kid. I'm basically just hitting some of the high points. But here, would it turn turn out well if he examined you? I think it's good when we are going through troubling times. That we can we can ask the Lord, Lord, is there something that that, that I need to do differently? Uh, am I am I am I off the rails somehow? And please help me understand that. That's okay to ask for. What's not okay is to say I'm I'm I think I'm on the rails, God, and you're not doing the right thing. Okay, see that see that difference there. Okay, um, let's see where am I. 14, 14, 4. If a man dies, shall he live again? This is Job. Way back when, before we even, you know, have, uh, Christ talking about our resurrection from the dead, right? Um, Job's theology is, is starting to get deeper and deeper. If only, if the only home I hope for is the grave, where then is my hope? Profound. Can a man be of benefit to God? Can even a wise man benefit him? Let's think about that one for a second. Can a man be of benefit to God? Can even a wise man benefit him? I think the answer is yes. Why? Because sometimes when we're going through hard times, it not only draws us closer to God, but it allows us to minister to others who may be going through the same hard times that we went through a little while ago, and we can be a benefit to God by bringing him the glory and by helping others get through trials in their lives, sometimes the exact same trials that we've had in ours. So I think the answer is yes. For what hope has the godless when he is cut off, when God takes his, away his life? Does God listen to his cry when distress comes upon him? Of course he does. Okay, here's some proclamations real quick. i got to speed it up now. Um, These indicate to me that Job is deepening in his uh, faith, in his theology, even through his trials, okay? We already saw that of chapter 1, verse 21. 9, 33, if only there were someone to arbitrate between us. Again, way long before Christ came. And died on the cross. If only there was someone to arbitrate uh, between us. Thank God we as Christians have an arbitrator between us and and, and God. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. But I desire to speak to the Almighty and argue my case with God. Wrong. Bad. That's not good. All the days of my hard service I will wait for my renewal to come. Okay? Seeing, kind of lifting up his eyes a little bit, looking to the future. Looking, knowing his uh, renewal will come. Even now, my witness is in heaven. I love it. It's almost like he, he you know, I, he he knew Jesus, right? Uh, my advocate is on high. My intercessor is my friend, and and my eyes pour out tears to God on behalf of a man. He pleads with God as a man pleads for his friend. And on in chapter nineteen. And by the way. Very familiar verse, both secular and, and um, non. I know that my Redeemer lives, and that in the end he will stand upon the earth. What faith he had. Now, the reason I said uh, secular there is the, that's actually part of the Han- Handel's Messiah. Um, the Handel put that in the, in, in the Messiah as part of the whole uh, uh, works. I know that my Redeemer liveth. There's songs that we've sung on Sunday mornings. Um, I don't know the exact reference, but uh, yeah, that's that's in the song. I know that my Redeemer liveth. Just amazing. Again, way long before Christ walked on the earth. Teach me what I cannot see. If I have done wrong, I will not do it again. Again, great great thing to, to uh, pray for um, when we're going through hard times. All right, some observations. Job never saw this coming. Okay, He didn't have any clue. It's just one day, everything was good. The next day, bang. Um, But he was prepared as he could be through his righteous living, and he maintained his integrity. I don't have a lot of time to talk about integrity, but let me give you an example. Baseball season has started, right? Um, What's a baseball bat made out of? Ash. It's not made out of balsa wood. A baseball bat has a lot of integrity. It needs to have integrity because if you're trying to hit a 90-mile-an-hour fastball or 100-mile-an-hour fastball, if you try doing that with balsa wood, it's going to splatter and splinter, fall apart, okay? So if you want to think about integrity, think about the difference between ash, an ash bat, and balsa wood, okay? How many holes and how many weaknesses are in our lives that we either hold on to or in in some case sins that we we hold on to right that eats away that eats away at the integrity that we have right it's very important to maintain your integrity so that when the curveball comes you don't splinter job was an instrument of teaching both secular and religious for eternity although he had no clue at the time god didn't say hey job you know, I'm going to do something here in your life. Just hang on; um, it's going to be a blessing to many, many people. Okay, but just hang on. You know, you, please go through it. Don't don't screw up, right? No, God didn't. God didn't uh, uh, tell Job that, right? He had no clue that throughout eternity, and as I said throughout eternity is, I'm preaching on Job today. If Job never happened, I wouldn't be up here. Or at least I might be up here, but I'd be preaching on something else, okay? In the secular world, pe- people refer to Job all the time as, you know, someone who's either persevered or someone who's, you know, God is blessed uh, even though he was, um, you know, had, had a lot of bad things happen to him. God eventually blessed him. Here's, a, here's one that really got me. God never explained to Job about his meetings with Satan in chapter one. At least it's not recorded. It, that hit me like a ton of bricks. Because what what what's our tendency? Our tendency is, God, tell me, you know, ex, at least explain to me what's going on here. Um, you know, that might help me through this, right? It's not, it, you know, maybe God told Job way after Job was written, you know, chapters, whatever, 50 and 60. But in the book, while he was going through it. God never explained to Job, hey, let me let me tell you what's happening here. You know, Satan came and, you know. No, never happened. Job got to speak with God. Not a lot of people have gotten to speak with God. So my question there when I was thinking about it is, how much would I be willing to go through to get that opportunity? It's something to consider. Another observation. Um... When he finally came face to face with God, Job was overwhelmed and kept silent. He didn't. Uh, he didn't argue his case. He didn't say, "God, you're wrong." Um, he he basically was overwhelmed. Job never blamed his friends. Oh, that's another tendency we have to do, isn't it? It's like uh, when we finally, when God's finally, you know, um, giving us an indication of, you know, here's here's what's happening here. Um, Normally, it's conviction through the Holy Spirit. Uh, Our tendency, oh well, you know, uh, it was it was my spouse that made me do it, or or I'm this way because you know what happened to me growing up, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, We have a tendency to kind of push that blame to someone else, and um, you know, Job had that opportunity, right? When God said, "Who's this that's uh, that that's?" is is accusing me of wrongdoing he could have said oh yeah i did god but you know it was those three friends that really made me do that okay no go job didn't do that um god did not directly answer job's questions that's another thing is okay job had a whole bunch of questions in those chapters the 35 chapters god didn't say all right let me answer uh that question from chapter uh 17 verse 1 no God basically just said, and it basically was saying, I'm sovereign, I know what I'm doing, I understand your pain, but I'm not doing the wrong thing. Um, God didn't, God addressed Job first, he didn't address his friends, uh, and, and he didn't address Elihu at all. Um, he addressed his friends after he addressed Job. Um, so, Another observation, God has made all things, and you know, in chapters 38 through 41, God just goes through all kinds of uh, nature and uh, animal life, Uh, he even, by the way, there's a a place in, in Job where he talks about the springs of the deep, and some people thought, well, that's not right, you know, because we know we know about the oceans, and we know you know there's there's really no uh, you know springs of the deep. Well, guess what? When they when they invented you know underwater submarines and they were able to to go down with cameras and everything, guess what they found at the very bottom of the ocean? Springs. It blew me away. Okay, Job was eventually doubly blessed. Okay, key takeaways. Um, there's no randomness with God. God is sovereign. We may never know what God is doing in the spiritual realm, sometimes allowing what seems to be disasters in our lives. We may get glimpses of His working, okay? Uh, there's in, the, in the, this pandemic, this is for the last couple of years, there's been some good things that have actually come out of that pandemic. And, you know, we've been able to see God's kind of get a little glimpse of God working in different areas. Okay? And that's great because it's an encouragement to us, right? It's kind of, it encourages our faith that God is working. But we can't count on the fact that God's going to explain it to us or we'll see exactly what God's doing. Job didn't see exactly what God's doing. And certainly we can't demand it. Again, our tendency is to say, God, you need to explain to me what's going on here, or else I'm out of here. Very, very bad thing to say. If we are righteous, God is protecting us from further calamity. If not, he may be chasing us to get our attention for the purpose of restoral. And I kind of talked about that a little bit before. Um, Sometimes God wants to get our attention and say, you know, Jeff, you've gone a little bit too far here. Um, I'm going to put some roadblocks in and you need to look up and turn around and, and see me as opposed to being a selfish and self-righteous. God is protecting the believer, even if we cannot see it or, or we dwell on the bad things that are happening and we can add nothing to God's knowledge. It is foolish to think we can present our case before God. Um, just can't say enough about that, uh, because because that really is even for me, I have a tendency to say, "I think I know better, and it's just when when I really think about what i'm saying, it's like, "How could I know better than God? He knows everything. all right, another one, God is sovereign um, when we're trying to help people it's dangerous to think or presume we know what God is doing here's a good lesson for for if you're if you're trying to help somebody comfort somebody. Uh, going through hard times, um, be very careful in fact, I would avoid the subject at all costs if you are if you 're trying to say okay I see I see what 's happening here this is what god 's doing because you did that or this is what 's happening um, I know what god 's doing here, okay His three friends had no clue what God was doing, not a clue they they would have been better if they just Kept quiet and didn't say a thing. But even if you say comforting things and you sympathize with what the, with the with your friend or or spouse or family member that's going through something, please don't presume that you know what God is doing in that situation. That's I think that's putting it's it's like putting yourself in God's place. Okay. Um, things even God will not always seem to be fair in this world. Therefore, we need an eternal perspective. Um, we've talked about that, getting, getting our heads above and our eyes above the current situation and looking, looking to the future, looking to our, our eternal future, not just our future here on earth. God's justice will prevail in eternity. If we are fortunate, maybe before we even get there. Okay. Uh, I just, you know, I'm, I'm God doubly blessed Job. And um, he can do that with us as well. After we've gone through trials, and we cannot require God to give us all the reasons for what He chooses to do. That's a, that's a very slippery slope. All right, Job's example. Um, so Job may have misunderstood what God was doing, but he kept his integrity. We talked about that. He never cursed God, and he never disbelieved God. It's very important, and I'll see this the, the last slide. What key ta- one of the key takeaways is. When, when you're going through hard times, we need to run toward God, not run away from Him. Job got to meet, uh, Job got to meet God up close and personal and was doubly blessed, but that was after he suffered. Uh, so we can't necessarily expect God to just bless us all the time without that. Do we accept good from God and not evil? Job got the chance to speak with God, but was overwhelmed and kept silent when he came face to face with God. And Job never saw it coming, but he was prepared somewhat by his righteous living. Job was, God declared him as righteous, right? Have you seen my servant Job? He's blameless, okay? When Satan throws you a curveball, it's better to have an ash bat than a balsa one. All right, um, another one of Job's, Job's examples. Uh, Job said what God did was wrong. we already looked at that. Encouraged by his friends. This is what I, where I believe he went off the rails. God want, Job wanted God to leave him alone. And as I said before, bad plan. Okay? As soon as I read that, it just kind of struck me. It's like, no, Job, don't pray that. Don't pray that. You want God there. God's protecting you. Okay? Satan is the one that's trying to to tear you down. You want to run towards God, not away from him. Uh, Job never blamed his his friends for making him say the things he did. Uh, and again, that just shows his integrity and his, uh, his righteousness, his blameless man. Because um, that that would be one of the first things I would probably do is say, Oh, you know, I did it because of somebody else. And God was not only proving himself to Job, but because of this book, he has proved himself to countless people and generations throughout time. Sometimes we don't know what's gonna, what, what we're going to hit, but we've got to just stand on the fact that God is sovereign, and he'll get us through it. So finally, some life applications. Um, prepare for trials. Okay, fear God always, uh, and if you want to know about that, go back and and, and look at the the uh, sermon I gave two two and a half years ago, whenever that was, on uh, on fear of the Lord. A lot of good examples in God's word about fear of the Lord, but always try to do the right thing and maintain your integrity. Second thing, in distress, run towards God, not away from him. Uh, there's a, a famous quote by uh, G.K. Chesterton. I probably should have written it down because I'll, I'll probably uh, mess it up. But basically, it says, uh, when, when belief in God becomes difficult, our tendency is to run away from him. But in heaven's name, to what? What? Our tendency is to run away from God. But where would we go? Don't ask God to leave you alone. And then ask yourself, how can these trials benefit God or bring glory to Him? How can you use them for God's glory? How can you use them to help others? Don't try to argue with God and just keep saying, do you know more than God? I I think not. Get help from trustworthy friends who will pray for you, not criticize you or try to second-guess you or God. Um, very important. And, and I think you'll know the, the, the friends who are the, the ones that will give you the most help are just the ones that want to come beside you, listen, hug you, and not try to say, okay, let me tell you what's going on here. Guys are bad at that right i mean that 's we, we try to solve problems. we see something going on it 's like oh, I think I know what 's going on here. Uh, please resist that temptation, especially if you 're a guy and you 're helping a friend. Eagerly anticipate an encounter with God. I went through some hard uh, some very hard times during covid uh, some of the some of the, the lowest parts in my life. Uh, in this, in the last couple of years, and uh, at one point, in at one point, I was lying on my bed, looking up at the ceiling, wallowing in self pity, and the Lord spoke to me. And one of the reasons I know it was Him speaking was because He didn't say, "Ah, oh, Jeff, don't worry about it. You're a good guy. You're doing the right thing." No, He said. You're being self-righteous. You're being selfish. You think this whole thing's about you, don't you? It isn't. You need to change your attitude. Okay? It just, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And it's like, that must have been God, because I was expecting God to kind of be on my side. Like Job was probably expecting God to be on his side. And Job's like, no. God's like, let me correct the situation here. So eagerly anticipate an encounter with God. But, you know, it might not be exactly what you think God's going to say to you. And through his Holy Spirit. And don't expect an explanation from God. Don't expect him to kind of at the end say, all right let me sit you down, here's what happened, Satan came, you know, this happened, uh, I declared you righteous, uh, Satan didn't think you are going to be righteous, uh, you know, don't mm-hmm. expect that. Um, if God does explain to you, great. Or if he gives you some insight, great. Increase your faith. Increase your, your belief of God's sovereignty. Okay? But we can't expect it. And then... Um, there, there was a, there's a song that I, I know we've sung at least once uh, here, which, which really struck me and, and struck me about, um, uh, Job, is, uh, it's, it's called, it's by Benton Stokes. It's called Sometimes He Calms the Storm, and basically the song is, a, is, it says in the song, sometimes he, he holds the child close and lets the wind and waves run wild. Sometimes he calms the storm, and sometimes he calms the child. So uh, I encourage you to, to do this without spilling my water. I encourage you to uh, do your own study in Job. Go through it. Go a lot deeper than I, ha- than I was able to do here. Um, you can see that. That's my, actually, that's my Bible in the background. And I, I just, every time I had a verse and I was like, whoa, look at this, look at that. You can see I drew, I drew the, I drew the uh, rings around Job up at the top there. Uh, just dig into God's Word. There is so much, especially just in Job, so much that, that I learned and that I think you could learn from going through that, especially if you're going through hard times. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for your word. God, it is just so rich. It is so applicable, not, even, not only back then in Job's day, but it is so applicable in our day. God, we've been through a lot this last couple of years. A lot has, uh, there's a lot of calamity and mayhem. And even now, with the war going on in Ukraine and, and elsewhere, uh, Lord, there's just, it's, our tendency is just to say, uh, you must not be in charge. You must not be sovereign. Uh, you don't know what the right thing is here, Lord. Um, we know better. God, please help us to, to not have that reaction. Please help us to put our, Our faith and trust that you are a sovereign God, that you know exactly what's going on, that nothing happens on this earth without going through your throne room. There's no randomness with you, Lord. I just praise you for that and thank you for your sovereignty. I pray, Father, for those here. Uh, maybe in the different categories. Some some are friends of people that are going through hard times. I pray that you would give them wisdom, help them to be able to come close to their friends and comfort them. Um, I pray for those who are going through hard times, Lord, that you would help them to understand, Lord, please give them a glimpse of what's going on just to increase their faith and draw them close to you. And Lord, for those who may be Going through prosperous times, as Job was going through in the in the first few uh, verses of chapter one, I pray for those people, Lord, that they would maintain their integrity even now, that they would their lives would be righteous and they would have uh, righteous living, because we never know when that curveball is going to come. And so, Lord, I just pray that. Your word would be manifested, that you would take the chaff uh, that I'm sure that I spewed and take the chaff away from your word. And I pray that the seeds would be planted in the hearts of those here and online. And again, Lord, I just thank you so much. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.